Did you miss Canty and Carlin? Years after Jimmy V's speech. I hear Jimmy's words in my head. The most poignant seven words ever uttered in any speech anywhere. Don't give up. Don't ever give up. So I will never give up. To be honored with this, I now have a responsibility to also not ever give up. I listened to all that he said, everything that he asked of us, and that's to build the V Foundation. What I would like to be able to do is to spend whatever time I have left and to give and maybe some hope to others. We are going to find a cure for cancer. Because of all the donations, research, and support, mine is one of the lives that's been saved. Jimmy, my man up there, we are not going to stop chasing our dreams to be cancer. Cancer can take away all my physical abilities. It cannot touch my mind, it cannot touch my heart, and it cannot touch my soul. And those three things are going to carry on forever. It is Giving Tuesday on ESPN Radio. It is Canty and Carlin with you and so many of those words ringing more true than ever today. We're so thrilled that you could be with us today on ESPN2 and on ESPN Radio, Series 6M Channel 80, and on your smart speakers. We are presented by Progressive Insurance, but more than anything today, it is Giving Tuesday and your chance to make a difference. It is a global day of giving as we know, and it's also the start of ESPN's V Week as we continue to uh, just honor and back Jim Valvano's fight for cancer research. And and now we can all make a difference today by supporting cancer research. It's needed now more than ever. If you're able to give, we ask you to do so at v.org slash donate. That is v.org slash donate 100%. Of your donation goes to cancer research and Canty. It is such uh, incredibly important as as we said now more than ever. No question about it. And I love that it's a company wide effort to support the V Foundation and to encourage people to support organizations that they're passionate about that are doing work that's necessary in our communities. And one of the beautiful things about working for ESPN, Carlin, is that you get to hear so many of the great stories from athletes that have battled cancer or who cancer have impacted somebody in their family. And just to listen to how it's shaped, how they view this fight and them picking up the mantle in order to support Jim Valvano foundation, the V the V foundation and support cancer research. And so I, I love this day. I mean, I was listening to my former teammate, Mark Herzlick on Barton Hahn earlier, and he was talking about his bout with Ewing sarcoma, and we're going to have Trey Mancini on the show a little bit later today. So it's just exciting to be able to hear from everybody in the arena of sports talking about how this has impacted them and how they've turned something that could potentially be a tragedy into a triumph. And it's amazing to think this, but it's a number that is just so astounding that one in three women and one in two men in this country will be diagnosed with cancer in their lifetime. This is truly something that affects everyone, and we all know someone who has been affected by it in our lives. Once again, if you can, we ask that you please give at v.org slash donate. That's v.org slash donate. We have got plenty of sports to get to today, too, by the way, including Aaron Rodgers earlier today. (laughs) Wow, that'll 
change my mood just a that's little a, bit. That's a hell of a left turn you just made, big fella. <laughs> well, Canty, we talked about this at length yesterday. The idea that Aaron Rodgers should not be playing for the rest of this season. The Packers, for their sake and their understanding of their future, need him to sit down. He should be sitting down, but that's not happening, as we found out earlier today on the Pat McAfee Show. Well, we're not eliminated. I got good news with the scans yesterday, so I plan on playing this week. 8-4, and 4-8, four, 12-0, four and 0-12. Oh, oh I'd be wanting to suit up this week because that's what you do. When you're a player, you go out there, and if you can play, you play. You don't need some doctor to give you an excuse. Oh, man, I don't know, maybe one more week. You can go out there and compete, and you have competitive greatness in your body, in your heart, in your mind. You go out and play. Listen, I, I admire the thought, and I think maybe we were laying on it a bit thick right there. Oh, there's no question about it. How cheese ball is that? If yeah. you're a player, you go out there and play. This is the same guy who Sunday night checked himself out of the game because he thought he might have had a punctured lung? Mm-hmm. Is that the same dude? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, because I, I, can't, I can't tell, Carlin. Well, I mean, this, this dude sounds like, oh, I don't care if it's a punctured lung or whatever it is. I'm going to blow out there and play and try to help my teammates win. No, no, no. That's not where you're at with it, Aaron Rodgers. And we knew that's not where you were at with it going back to this offseason when you decided that you were going to skip OTAs in minicamp knowing that you were going to be breaking in a brand-new receiving core and Devontae Adams wasn't going to be there. You you are that same dude. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, Carlin, but if you're saying you're a football player, that's what you do, like it's a damn progressive commercial. <laughs> I, I just All I'm simply saying is this. Be there when it matters all the time. And in the offseason, it could have benefited some of those young receivers in terms of them coming around a little bit quicker. And maybe that would have happened in time to save your season this year. And maybe you wouldn't be 4-8 and eight if you showed up when it mattered during the offseason. Exactly. So when we're going through this kind of stuff with Aaron Rodgers, I'm not surprised by any of it. It's great. You want to play, that's terrific. It actually doesn't benefit you. It doesn't benefit them. It doesn't benefit anybody right now. Can we all just be honest about the situation Packers are not going anywhere near the playoffs. Nowhere near. And I, like I said, admire the thought process. But let's be fair, Aaron, in everything that's going on right now. You have put the Packers in a position to have to make very big decisions this coming offseason. Yep. And your very big decision was to make sure that you got the $50 million a year extension. That's what the last couple of years have been all about. You run this organization. Let's be clear. That's what's going on. Aaron Rodgers runs the Green Bay Packers, and he's not doing the best thing for them right now. Chris, nobody's going to step in and say, you're not playing. That's not happening. Nobody is going to do that. When When he actually does sit down this season, this is abundantly clear through this, is when... Aaron Rodgers decides he's not going to play anymore this year. Yeah, and if you listen to what Matt LaFleur, the head coach, had to say, it felt like he was backing Rodgers' play in what he said on the McAfee show, which is that Aaron has played through a lot of different circumstances. He's played through a lot of injuries and at a high level. He's a warrior. Exactly. It it basically sounds like the head coach is going to acquiesce to whatever Aaron Rodgers wants. And, And, Carlin, we've seen some friction in that relationship earlier on in the year, and... It feels like now Matt LaFleur has even backed off of that a little bit because he recognizes what this dynamic between the quarterback and the head coach is. It's the fact that Aaron Rodgers is making $50 million a year and the organization is going to do everything to support 
the decision they made to extend him this offseason. I, I think to the detriment of the long-term future of the Green Bay Packers and potentially Matt LaFleur. Well, I don't even think it's potentially. I, I think it's absolutely going to do in Matt LaFleur because he's next. I mean, yeah. Aaron's going to fire him, whether it's this offseason or next. Aaron's going to ultimately gonna, make that decision. Aaron's going to fire him. He is. Aaron's going to fire him, I'm not, sure. Not go to Coast. Go to no, Coast has got no, nothing to do with on. this. No, please. No, no, no. The last time Brian Kudekunz made a decision, it basically turned out that Aaron Rodgers became livid and it didn't do any good for the organization for the next three years other than cause them massive headaches, and that was drafting Jordan Love. That's when he ceded control of the Green Bay Packers so, so organization. Mark Murphy, the team president? Who? Any- <laughs> <laughs> Honestly. I, Chris, let's be fair. How is he How is he not running everything that's going on right now? He is, but when is that a good position for an organization it's to be not, in? Like it's not. It's a horrible we, we position. We saw the same thing with your team, the Pittsburgh Steelers, a couple of years ago with yeah. Ben Roethlisberger. And what happened? And they gave him an extension, Carlin, when we knew that it should have been against their better judgment. Yeah. But the, it's hard to replace a legend. It's hard to rip the Band-Aid off. And right now, the Green Bay Packers are going through that pain. And unfortunately, this is what's going to be the state of affairs until they finally get to a place where they realize that Aaron Rodgers can't well, take this group of guys to a championship. Are we going to get to the place, though, where Aaron, understanding that the team needs to know about what Jordan Love is, where Aaron is going to just refuse to not play, or is going to refuse to sit down, is going to say, no, I'm playing every game this year because Aaron Rodgers doesn't want to give Jordan Love any chance with the Green Bay Packers. It, it, and if that happens, is Aaron Rodgers going to sit? Are they going to actually have the gumption to sit him down? No. Absolutely not. No, and the, not worst, gonna happen. And the worst thing that's going to happen to the Packers is they're going to go to Chicago and get a win this weekend. If Justin Fields doesn't play and Trevor Simeon, who fell off the bus and got hurt in warm-ups, doesn't play, <laughs> and it's Nathan Peterman again... Yeah, they're going to absolutely beat the Chicago Bears, and they're going to go into their bye week with false hope of being 5-8 and eight never and know. thinking that they can sneak in and get a wild card. We know that's not going to happen, Carlin. It's not. Chris, here's my other question, though. Why doesn't Aaron understand that it's actually for his best, for, for the betterment of him, to not play right now? Why doesn't he understand that? Well, because uh, let's let's ask no, this no, question. No, I, I, it's easy. I can answer that question. And Aaron Rodgers has lived that movie. I, I remember when Aaron Rodgers stepped in after we knocked Brett Favre out in 2007. I was a member of the Dallas Cowboys. That was that 13-3 and three team. Mm-hmm. We knocked Brett Favre out of the game in the first half. And you know who came off the bench? It was Aaron Rodgers. And we saw then that this dude has got something. Now, I mean, they weren't able to pull off the comeback, but we knew they had something. All I'm simply saying is this. If you're Aaron Rodgers, why do you want to give Jordan Love any breathing room, any opportunity to unseat you knowing how you got your starting job? Because Aaron Rodgers' best chance to win, now that he's gotten the money, is going to be somewhere else. I agree with you, Carlin. So if I'm Aaron, let him go out there and play and do whatever he does. but, But a part of the power play that we've seen from Aaron Rodgers is to avoid what Brett Favre went through at the end of it with Green Bay, where he essentially lost his leverage and was ousted from the organization. That That's what he wants to avoid. That's what the whole contract extension and all of the waffling after they drafted Jordan Love, that's what that was all about. People want to say it's about the lack of communication before they took a quarterback. No, no, no. 
This is about a player that was facing his football mortality and wanted to ensure he controlled how it ended and where it ended. And with this contract extension that they were forced to give him this offseason, he's essentially solidified dictating the terms in which his career is going to end. And I think he wants it to end in Green Bay and not elsewhere, Carlin, which is why he's adamant about playing as many snaps as he can possibly play without Jordan Love being able to step in and get games under his belt in the regular season. Just to circle everything that we just talked about, what is the common denominator? It's about Aaron. Yes! It's all about Aaron. But, here, <laughs> but here's what I will say, Carl. I know we got to get off of this. Here's what I will say. The Green Bay Packers not playing Jordan Love is the worst decision an organization can make. Yep. And here's why. They got to make a decision on his fifth-year option this offseason. They have to do that. Carlin, if they decline his option, he goes into 2023 in a a contract year. And you're talking about this guy potentially being able to walk out of the door. And, oh, by the way, Aaron Rodgers being able to retire at the same damn time if things don't turn around. Why would you want to put yourself in that position as a franchise? You wouldn't, which is why it's perfect where your bye week falls in order to give Jordan Love a four-game sample size to see what he can do. And guess what? If Jordan Love proves that he can play, great. If he proves that he can't play, okay, now you know you have to continue to ride this thing out with Rodgers. At least you have more data points, more information, so you can make an informed decision on both fronts with your quarterbacks next offseason. That's great. Right, Right now they're flying blind. Yep. Well, Aaron's making a decision for everybody because he's running the show, and that's all that matters in the end. Be a part of Canty and Carla Nation on the Dr. Pepper call-in line, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Should Aaron Rodgers be sitting out, and should the Packers step up and tell Aaron Rodgers he's not playing? ESPN Nation is presented by Dr. Pepper. It ain't college football season without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper the one fans deserve. Chris, I'm a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, as you know. Mm -hmm. And I have to say, last night was probably the best night i've had this year Mm. because every sunday they have ruined my sunday it's painful and i don't cry for me they've had plenty of glory days there's no part of that yeah but i understand what it's like for other organizations when you watch the team play the way they do Mm -hmm. i expected them to be a bad team last night was the first time that i wouldn't say i had the full answer but i was encouraged that i felt better about kenny pickett potentially being the answer long term because i saw kenny pickett make plays last night that looked like a legitimate NFL quarterback makes. And for me, that was enough to at least give me a little bit of steam here moving forward. And I think for the Steelers, as we were talking about yesterday, they're going to end up with a a great pick that at some point uh, they needed some real positive momentum out of the quarterback and they got it last night. No, they did. And the most impressive thing that he did was not turn the football over, right, Carlin? Like, that was the beauty of what you saw from Kenny Pickett. He was able to operate the offense. He was 6-10 in the second half throwing the football, so just doing enough to be able to keep the change moving. And then being able to put together a drive in the fourth quarter is what you want from your young quarterback. So I I thought that it was really, really good what they got from Kenny Pickett. Uh, I thought that the offense did just enough. The defense carried the flag, as usual, with the Pittsburgh Steelers. They were able to create some extra possessions for that offense and field position. Um, But, yeah, I I think Kenny Pickett flashed, and this is something that we've talked about for the last couple of weeks with Kenny Pickett. We need to see more consistency in 
the flashes that you make. It's getting around the point in the season now where you've got enough games under your belt where now we start to see some of your natural ability come out. Last night was his eighth game played, his seventh start. Carlin, he's got six more to go. Yep. We need to continue to see more of what we saw late in that second half in the fourth quarter from Kenny Pickett down the road in the second half of the season. I think if we do that, the Pittsburgh Steelers, number one, are going to win some games, which is a good thing. But also, I think the organization can do a better job of formulating a plan on how to properly support yeah. Kenny Pickett going into year two. And, Kenty, you know what's going to have me particularly feeling good about that? What's that? It's when you have a rookie quarterback who has been playing most of the year, as you get later in the year, they hit the wall. You know, they have had so much in terms of information, everything that has been thrust upon them in year one, that a lot of times you start to see it tail off a little bit at the end because they're just so mentally exhausted. I've seen that before. Saw that in Roethlisberger's rookie year, even when they went, uh, I think they went 14-2 and two or something like that. Yeah. Um, but he was awful in the playoffs, just mm-hmm. awful. It wasn't just about it being the playoffs. I- I'm going to be really encouraged if it keeps going up. From that standpoint, because that will tell me a lot about Kenny Pickett. Here, by the way, is Mike Tomlin on Pickett's performance. Yeah, he's asked me that every week. You know, he's getting better every week, and it's in a very natural way because of experience. Um, he's a competitor. He's smart. Um, but it's still a lot of meat on the bone, and, and it's just a process. Uh, but like I always say, he's good enough, and we're good enough to win while that happens. And so we're not grading him or us on a curve. We acknowledge that he's very much in development. Uh, you can ask me next week, and I'll tell you, he got better in all areas again next week because with each snap becomes exposure and sharp guys, guys that are competitors, they grow from those things. That's great, and we understand it's coach speak <laughs> along the way, but can't he last night, <laughs> first time that – we got to see it. No, it is the first time that we got to see it, Carlin. And the most impressive part is that the kid was 6-7 of seven in the fourth quarter throwing the football. And a big-time throw was on the first third down in the fourth quarter, Carlin. Kenny Pickett's facing the blitz. The Colts are bringing the house. This guy slides to his left, steps up, and then throws a dart to George Pickens on an in-cut going to the right of the field. It was unbelievable play. And you don't really see rookie quarterbacks make those types of plays under those circumstances. But the fact that he's showing that kind of pocket awareness, feeling the rush, not seeing the rush, keeping his eyes downfield, and then delivering the football with accuracy against tight man coverage, that is what winning football looks like. And Mm. that's why they were able to put together drive in the fourth quarter with the go-ahead score. And so I think there are signs to be encouraged. I still want to see more, though. Because when you look at the AFC North, I don't think it's even arguable that the Pittsburgh Steelers have the worst quarterback. It's not even close. It's not even arguable. Yeah, not even close. So think about how much growth you're going to need to see from Kenny Pickett before you feel good about the Pittsburgh Steelers being perennial contenders for the division title. You know what I did feel good about? Primetime parlay. Hello! Hello! Shoot it off! Oh, do I have the money gun? You have it in your hand. Oh, do I have the money gun? You have it in your hand. Make it rain, baby! Make it rain! Let's go! That's right. How much juice do we have on this? Plus 510? Plus 510. Ooh! Ooh! On a little parlay last night. So here's. You know know what needs to happen, Carlin? Because Mm. we helped people make a little bit of money last night, take some of the money that we helped you make last night exactly, and donate to the V Foundation. Exactly. Give back, because it is Giving Tuesday, and 
We need your help at v.org slash donate and make a difference while you can. We really appreciate it. And as we said, we're going to have great guests throughout the course of the day uh, to talk about the the battles that they have fought, including Trey Mancini. Very much looking forward to that. So take a slice of that money that we gave you last night and go do the right thing. We get it. Hiring the right person can make or break everything that you have worked for. Indeed's end-to-end hiring solution makes it easy to attract, interview, and hire candidates all from one place. The moment you post a sponsored job, you'll get instantly matched with quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed meet your job description. And you can then conveniently schedule and conduct virtual interviews with applicants right from Indeed's hiring platform. Start today. Get $75 in credits toward your first sponsored job. Visit Indeed.com slash credit. Terms and conditions apply. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at Shopify.com/network. All lowercase. Go to Shopify.com/network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify.com/network. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news! Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. You miss Canty and Carlin. Here's Nick Chubb trying to run it through into the end zone. Touchdown! Browns beat the Bucks. Nick Chubb game-winning touchdown run in OT. And this game is over. The Cleveland Browns defeat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. 23 to 17. Levy on ESPN Radio over the weekend on the call. Just an absolutely brutal, brutal loss for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance on this Giving Tuesday. Once again, v.org slash donate to just make your assist to the Jimmy V Foundation. Right now, we welcome in Jeff Darlington, ESPN NFL reporter, who joins us. Jeff, you were there the other day. Was it as bad in person as it seemed on television having the Bucks lose a game like that to the Cleveland Browns? So, yes, in a, in a word, absolutely. Uh, the weird part about it was it never felt like it was going to go that way. I mean, there were like four different times when I think the whole game, you kind of just felt like, okay, we're kind of plodding along here. The Bucks win this game and, 
we all go home. And then there was these like three or four times when you felt like, okay, this is where, you know, the nail will be in the coffin and we'll all go home. And then like, and improbably, I mean, Njoku catches that pass on fourth down. Unbelievable catch. Insane. It was, it was unbelievable. And I mean, that's just to stay alive. Like that's just to have a chance. Uh, and then you get to overtime, and you're sitting there saying, "All right, Tom will lead him down the field." Oh, actually, before that, they've got what 36 seconds, and I still don't really understand why. I mean, I know there's a lot of criticism on Jeff Saturday, for instance, last night, not calling the, the you know, to the Colts not calling the timeout. I still don't get why the Bucks, and it's probably because it wasn't a nationally televised game that people didn't really realize. They had, I think, 34 seconds. 32. Yeah, 32, seconds. 32. 32 seconds. Yep. And three, and three timeouts. timeouts. Yep. And they and they had a big play across the middle of the field to get them to midfield. And, it, like, it just – it was so weird to me because we're so used to seeing Brady uh, just, like, kind of systematically move you downfield and, and it's ticking away and you assume he's doing the right thing. But in retrospect, I just – I don't understand why they didn't call timeouts. I don't know. The whole the whole game was, or the end of the game, the, the entirety of the game felt very, kind of, un or like just very unmemorable. And then the last couple minutes was just like, well, how did the Browns just win that game? Very weird. You know, Jeff, it's amazing. I've heard three different explanations from Todd Bowles so far, and I still don't know what any of them are. I'm right there with you. But about that, what are you talking about the timeout? Yeah, about the timeout, that, the timeout, the timeout yeah. situation. And, and I still it was weird because yeah, no Tom, Tom after the game also was asked about it, and his answer was also very. I mean, he's always pretty good at kind of evading it, but even his answer quickly it, it really didn't address the fact that. They had three timeouts and didn't use one there. I, I I don't understand it. When it comes to Brady, I get it. We should give him a pass in these instances. I'm not trying to be overly critical, but when you have a season that is sort of like they're looking for this momentum and that happens, you just start to wonder if it's just not there for this team. Yeah, and I think that's fair to question. And not only Todd Bowles' decision-making down the stretch, Jeff, but also Byron Leftwich. I mean, the two previous yeah. drives where they went three and out took less than two minutes a game clock, and they called four passes to two runs. Didn't make any sense when you're doing that with the lead, but I digress. Let's talk about the other team on the other side of that matchup, the Cleveland Browns. Mm-hmm. Big week for them because Deshaun Watson will be back in the starting lineup going into right. Houston. This is the first time that Deshaun is playing in a meaningful game in over 700 days. What are the realistic expectations for Deshaun uh, in terms of what we're going to see on Sunday, what are people in Cleveland saying about what they expect from him? Yeah, I mean, it's funny. Like, what are the real realistic expectations? I mean, I, the realist, realistically, we should expect rust, right? We should expect a guy who's not necessarily playing all that well. But guess what? The Browns don't really get to live in that world. Uh, they, they are the ones who decided to, to guarantee him this massive contract. And every game is significant and i'm not saying i mean it's it's almost a good thing for i don't know if i i don't know if i how much i mean this but i look at this game and i say the pressure is not necessarily on watson because the season already feels like it's mostly lost like it's mm. it, there's such a low probability of them making the playoffs um if if jacoby Brissett had led this team to a point where you know they need a few wins here in the stretch to make the playoffs I would say that the pressure would be very magnified on Watson. 
to the point where there should be no patience. But I think because the season is where it's at, people will probably be um, maybe not even paying attention as much, and he'll have the opportunity to shake that rust maybe in time for the start of next season. So yeah. I kind of think that he's, he's probably, dare I say, lucky that, uh, that the pressure will not be that magnified on him. Jeff Darlington, ESPN NFL reporter, joining Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Canty and I have been appropriately labeled two a deniers by two and on. Uh, wow, really? We have been. Yeah, two and listen, on is tough, man. I, we two own it. Two and on is tough. It is. We own it. It's, ex- I, it's exhausting. Like, it I'm is. supposedly, I'm supposedly like one of the. I'm supposedly one of the big. I'm like one of the big guys that they like. They love. And I, yeah. I don't know, like. I don't know if I love that. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, you, you don't, don't exactly want to be there. You don't want to live in that world, Jeff. You don't want to live in that world. I said something. I said something the other day on Twitter. Like, and you know, I got these people who all think I'm like the super supporter and all that stuff, and that's cool. I'm trying to shoot it straight, and I think he's done amazing this year and all that. But the other day, I said something like, "Man." You know, after one of the games, it was the Chiefs, the Bills, because the, the Bills won in the last, like, 30 seconds. I said something like, Chiefs, Bills, and Bucks, man. You give them the ball with less than a minute left. This is before this past game between the Bucks and the Browns. But I said, you give them the ball with less than a minute left, and it just feels like they're going to win. And I had all these people just screaming oh, yeah. at me <laughs> that I left Tua out. <laughs> so quickly, we can yep. be uh, apparently – Sent to the two and on shed. Well, this is uh, the two and on week, is it not? I mean, this is the week that it's going to go one way or another, and either way, I think it's fair to say it's going to be ugly for somebody. <laughs> I don't know about that. See, now you're acting like now I'm going to be a two and on person and call you guys haters. I mean, the guy <laughs> has been exceptional. Like he can oh, yes. have a game. By the way, this is why they anoint me the two a uh, lover because now I say things like this. Yep. He can have a bad game, and I'm not saying he will. Like, Toronto Armstead now, he might or might not play. And when he wasn't in the game the other day, he wasn't getting any protection. And there was so much pressure on Tua, and he's still performing reasonably well. Like, he's had enough of a solid it, season. It kind of sounds like you are very much undercover a Tuanon guy. That's all I'm going to say, the way I'm you're explaining not, it right I'm now. Not. In fact, in fact, I also, before this season, was like, I just feel like Tua has a ceiling. But I'm just saying the guy has performed well enough this year that if he struggles in a game, and I'm not saying he even will, like, I, I, here's my point, is that I think that Tua has gotten to the stage of his career where we don't have to judge him game to game. Mm-hmm. Like, I think he has at least earned the respect in his performances in this first three quarters of a season that we can start to evaluate him on a bigger body of work than merely looking at every play, every game, uh, every single social media post of him throwing a pass, we can get past that point with him. That's well, my here, only thing where I'll defend him. Well, here's why you, you you can't possibly be an undercover to a non-person, because you just made entirely too much sense, and you were way too rational with everything <laughs> that you just said. So, Jeff, we appreciate I, it, brother. I, I, I never want to be an extremist in any regard, <laughs> in any way. So I, I am perfectly fine not being part of the I, I have. I just have this picture of Jeff, like, telling the people, you know, putting his hand out, saying, good luck with all that. <laughs> it's man. <laughs> Jeff Darlington, ESPN NFL reporter. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Yeah. 
up next. So you're saying there's a chance. There's a chance. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue, and ready for the play. And... Boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Yo, check this out from Canty and Carlin. ESPN Radio presented by Progressive Insurance. Canty said something yesterday that caught my attention, and I really wanted to consider it just remarkably absurd. But I can't, and I can't, not until I see something the next two weeks. And what I need to see is what we get from Deshaun Watson. Mm. Canty said yesterday, do not rule out the Cleveland Browns making a playoff push because their schedule is as soft as Charmin the rest of the way. No doubt. They may have one of the easiest schedules there is left in the NFL. And if Deshaun Watson, we understand week one, there's going to be some rust. I would think the biggest jump would be week one to week two, Canty. Mm-hmm. What's it going to look like in two weeks from now? Are we going to be talking, even though Jeff Darlington just shot it down, about the Cleveland Browns making the playoffs? We could potentially be talking about it, Carl, and here's the deal. I think Cleveland, and this is threading a needle, has a chance to win five of their final six games. They have a chance to be able to pull that off, but they're going to need some help. Now, I feel like the Jets and the Patriots are both going to stub their toe. So I'm looking at that last wild card spot, and I think it's ultimately going to come down to what the L.A. Chargers are or aren't. Now, the Chargers did surprise me in winning the Sean Payton Bowl on Sunday against the Arizona Cardinals, and of course, Brandon Staley is getting all the kudos and wet willies for uh, making that two-point conversion call at the end as opposed to tying and going to overtime. But the rest of the way, the L.A. Chargers are on the road against the Las Vegas Raiders, home against Miami, tough game, home against the Tennessee Titans, tough game, on the road against the Colts, home against the Rams, on the road against the Broncos. That's a team that I could see getting to 10 wins. And I think that's where the cutoff is for the Cleveland Browns in terms of having a chance to get to the playoffs. They would have to win five of their next six and hope that the Chargers can't get to nine or ten wins. And I just don't see that being plausible. No chance? Not saying there's no chance because I don't trust the Chargers and I don't trust their head coach. That's the thing. I don't trust I, them. I, I'm sur- I don't trust I was, them. I was kind of surprised that you were leaning in that direction given what we have seen. And look. Good for Brandon Staley the other day. As Mina pointed out, that might have been a lot more about this is our best chance to win the game yeah. as opposed to analytics or anything like that going for two. Uh-huh. But I'm with you. He feels like, as we talked about with Todd Bowles and Brady the other day, 
Brandon Staley feels like the head coach that can get in the way of the great player. Yeah. And potentially cost his own his own team. Well, he also knows this, Carlin. He's coaching for his job. If this team doesn't make it to the playoffs, injuries be damned, Sean Payton is going to be knocking at the door the day after the season ends for the L.A. Chargers. So they have to make the playoffs, and I think he's coaching with that in mind. And so I expect him to be aggressive, and that aggressiveness can come back to bite him, which is why I think the door for the Cleveland Browns is cracked open. Now, I'm curious to see what version of Deshaun Watson we're going to get. He didn't look great in the preseason action that we saw him in, but I do understand the skill set, the athleticism, and how that's a strength in Kevin Stefanski's offense with all of the brutes and the sprints, getting the quarterback out of the the pocket, moving the launch point. That plays perfectly with how the Cleveland Browns offense and their scheme is going to be executed. So that's why I want to buy into the Cleveland Browns being able to get on a little bit of a roll. And then... Let's also not forget about the revenge factor. I think it's a positive that his first game back is against the Houston Texans mm-hmm. because that's going to help sharpen up you know, some of that focus and maybe we don't see the rust that we're anticipating from Deshaun Watson having not played in a meaningful game in over 700 days. You want to have an opportunity or a situation that's tailor-made for a guy to step in and be at his best? Step in based on what happened and how things ended in Houston. I think week 13, this matchup for the Browns lends itself to that. And then you go to Cincinnati the week after that. If they win in Cincinnati, look out, Jack. Well, they beat the hell out of Cincinnati a couple of weeks ago. You remember that? Yep. Ooh, that was a primetime game, and that got ugly. 32-13. They go to Cincinnati and pound them. Look out. Look out. Because they could win their last four games. It's not out of the realm. Check out Canty and Carlin weekdays on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+.